What's up, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the First and Foremost Sports Podcast. I am the one and only Quentin Douglas. I'm Jimmy Covington. What's going on, y'all? What's up, everybody? What's good, my guy? How you doing? Man, chilling, my boy. What you up to? Man, I'm chilling, but I'm a little tired. I can't even lie to you. That's how it is. Sometimes I feel. I hadn't, I hadn't been getting my eight hours, man. <laughs> it, it be like that. I ain't get my eight hours this morning or the day before either. So it definitely be like that. Man, for real. But let's get right to it, shall we? So you know, first off, the second week of SEC football action was last week. So Jimmy, just kind of, what did you see this Saturday? What were your three biggest takeaways? All right, so for number one, I know, you know, the first week, you know, my takeaway was – one of my takeaways was this is pandemonium, and uh, that was in reference to the Mississippi State-LSU game. So this week I'm sticking with Mississippi State, but it's a little different for me. This week I got less hold off on Mississippi State. Uh, they lost the last game to Arkansas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had four turnovers, and they were 6 of 17 on third down, and that's with the air raid offense. You know, the week before, we just saw Arkansas lose to Georgia, who had a 7-5 to five lead at halftime, but then gave up 22 points in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep in mind, this is Arkansas's first win in conference since 2017. And it happens to be yep. against – they had lost 20-30. And it happens to be against Mississippi State, so let's hold off a little bit. I know the, the air raid, they still had 300, over 300 passing yards, uh, which is – basically a norm considering the numbers from the last 12 years like I talked about last week but let's just hold off a little bit mm-hmm. you got the next game at Kentucky which is a very losable game uh <laughs> based off their last performance so you know I think they lost their, I think they, their running back went down with injury I think Colin Hill I don't know how long he'll be out or if he or if he mm-hmm. even is out for this game but he did get injured in that game too so uh you know I'm I'm a, I'm a pump they the keep up. those college injuries real secretive yeah, I'm going to pump the brakes on them for a little bit, and I'm going to hold off on Mississippi State. So that's my first one. No doubt. For my second one, I got Bama. Alabama looks poised for another title run. I was looking at the numbers, man. The passing game looks super efficient, especially downfield. Uh, Mac Jones threw for a career-high 435 passing yards. He also had four touchdowns and only had one interception. So in the first two games, Quinn, let's check this mm-hmm. out. In the first two games, Mac Jones has 684 passing yards. He's completed almost 75% of his passes, and he has six touchdowns to one interception. Uh, you know, over the past four or five years, the Bama passing game has steadily improved year in and year out. But in terms of the numbers, it hasn't been that. It hasn't been this great. Uh, you know, I don't know if Mac Jones can, can keep this going the entire season pass for 300 yards a game. But – with a talent with like Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Waddle is definitely, you know, it's definitely attainable. Uh, but I think one thing I didn't like uh, is that, you know, the run game hasn't been as dominant as, you know, we've come to know Alabama has. They're only averaging 110 yards per game uh, on 32 attempts a game. It's under four yards to carry. And they, they do have five rushing touchdowns, but that's all by Najee Harris. So, you know, in years past, you know, there's always a lead guy and then there's a second guy. There's, you know, it's just as talented as the first. But I don't think Brian Robinson is as clo- is close in terms of talent and production to Najee Harris. So that's something to be mm-hmm. concerned about. 
Uh, you know, the defense is giving up 21 and a half points per game. That's a little higher than normal. But, man, this is a this is a weird – this isn't a normal year. So, you know, I'll take that. Uh, but the next game is against Ole Miss, who's giving up 30 – who's scoring 38 and a half points per game. So, they're going to be challenged defensively next week. They're definitely going to be challenged. I think they'll get the W, easy W. I think they'll win by at least 20 because uh, Ole Miss's defense can't stop a nosebleed. But Bama, they, you know, they look like another championship team. And so for my last, for my last takeaway, I got Florida's offense is unstoppable, but the D leaves a lot to be desired. Listen, the offense is averaging nearly forty-five points a game. Uh, Kyle Trask already had six hundred eighty-four passing yards, ten touchdowns, only one interception. Uh, the team is averaging one hundred thirty-eight rush yards on five yards in the attempt per game. Listen, they're averaging 495 yards of total offense. So, you like like I said, man, they've been simply electric. Almost eight yards to play. You know, Kyle Pitts looking like <laughs> looking like the best tight end I've ever seen in college. Six touchdowns already in two games. Uh, Kadarius Tony has been balling out as well. Uh, but like 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 I mentioned, brother, the, the offense is is clicking on all cylinders. It's looking a little bit like LSU's offense from last year. Uh, but the defense. Hey, I can't disagree. Man, but I am concerned. Being a Florida fan, I am concerned about the defense. The defense is giving up 471 total yards a game, over 320 passing yards, and over 140 rush yards a game. That's not Florida football at all, especially compared to the team we had last year. We did lose some pieces, especially up front. We lost Jonathan Grenard. Uh, you know, we lost Jabari Zaniga. Uh, we lost David Reese in the linebacking court. So those those losses definitely hurt. At cornerback, we lost we lost C.J. Henderson, who's who's a top ten pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. So that definitely hurts in the back end. We got a lot of young guys in the back end, and they simply they need to step up. They haven't played well. Uh, we only have one interception on the season. But the defense is giving up forty eight percent on third down, which is not good at all. You, you want the number closer to the thirties uh, for an elite defense. Uh, they do have eight sacks, which is what you expect from a Florida team. You know, Florida always has some great defensive linemen that can go get after the passer, and that's what they've done so far this year. But they just need to buckle down a little bit more. Uh, you know, be they need more continuity on the back end. I think that'll come as the season goes along. Like I mentioned, they are pretty young. Uh, they need to, you know, buckle down in the run game because 143 and a half yards a game is not going to cut it. You can't win a national championship, and you definitely can't win the SEC playing defense like that. So Florida needs to – defense needs to catch up to the offense or at least, you know, try to level it out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, those three real good points, I'm going to go on and knock out my first one because it was kind of similar to the one you had, but – Alabama's easily the best team in college football right now. Uh, of course, they dominated Texas A&M this past weekend. Their offense is explosive as ever. Uh, Mac Jones, basically, all he has to do is play distributor because uh, he has two first-round talents, arguably, and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. And then um, John Mechie had a breakout game this past weekend. Uh, with five receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and him and Jalen Waddle, he scored a 78-1, 8-yarder, and Jalen Waddle scored an 87-yard touchdown. Uh, so they're definitely, like I said, explosive as ever. Uh, and then when you have the threat of Najee Harris at running back, I mean, that's pretty much all you could ask for for an offense. 
Uh, and then Auburn, they got exposed this past weekend. Uh, they're not very good in the trenches offensively or defensively. Um, on offense, they were only able to muster up 39 rushing yards. They have a pretty good freshman running back in Tank Bigsby, but he just wasn't able to find any running gaps against Georgia on Saturday. Uh, and then looking defensively, they allowed Georgia to rush for over 200 rushing yards. And this is the Georgia offense who won, really hasn't settled in. I guess you could say now Stetson Bennett's the answer. But before Saturday, they were still settling who's even their guy at quarterback. Um, and then, like I said, on the, or I didn't say, but on their offensive line, they had to replace four of their five starters. So for them to have over 200 rushing yards uh, is pretty significant. So like I said, Auburn isn't good up front is my second point. And last but not least, which I guess is two and one, but Kiffin got his first win, of course, and Kentucky is struggling. Um, Ole Miss was explosive, especially the second half. They woke up last week. Um, they got the game to overtime and managed to pull it out. And then on Kentucky side, I know last week they gave up four second-half touchdowns. And then week one against Auburn, Bo Nix, I believe, had all four of his passing touchdowns against Kentucky, or at least all four of his touchdowns. I don't know if they're all passing. Uh, but back-to-back -back weeks, they've allowed offenses to just completely explode in the second half. Uh, so Kentucky's having issues closing out games, so that might be a little bit concerning. But like I said, it's also Lane Kiffin's first win, so he he has a tough tough test this week against Bama, but no doubt, definitely a good feeling to get that first win. Yes, sir. Solid points, my guy. Solid points. All right. Well, this week, of course, is week three. So, with the short turnaround, we'll go ahead and make our predictions for this week. So, first up, I want to ask you, you got Tennessee or Georgia in the first top 25 matchup? I got UGA, man. Uh, the trenches. <laughs> You know, in these type of matchups, the trenches is typically, you know, the difference. And I think, you know, I think historically and just now, uh, Georgia is better in the trenches on both sides. And then defensive backs, you know, defense. That Georgia defense is, is special. Okay, okay. I don't know. I, I'm going to regret it probably, but this is one of my one of my wild picks. I got Tennessee in the upset. Uh, for one, I disagree with your point about Georgia being better in the trenches. Tennessee's offensive line is easily best or second best in the SEC this year. Uh, and then defensively, Tennessee has a pretty veteran group up front. And DeAndre Johnson's having a breakout season right now. Uh, so that definitely could give Georgia some fits up front. Uh, and then JG. He's been playing well so far this year. He actually – he has the 13th best QBR in the FBS so far this year. Now, it remains to be seen how he'll handle when Georgia brings blitzes um, and how he'll handle the pressure. But, I mean, so far this year, he's been pretty efficient uh, for the most part. He's taking pretty good care of the ball. Um, but 
out. And another thing, with the hurricane, it could be a rainy game. So if it's a wet, sloppy game, that could be another factor that plays in the Tennessee's hand. Because, like I said, that offensive line is nasty, man. And I think everybody's going to see firsthand Saturday. You know, it very well could be. If it is, that's cool either way because neither one of them beating Florida. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, but going out to, like you said, Florida, perfect segue. The second top 25 matchup in the SEC, which I don't know why Texas A&M still ranked. But you got Florida and Texas A&M. Who you got? Florida. They about to put up at least 40 on A&M. They, offensively, they got similar talent to Alabama. Uh, I think Kyle Trask is much better than Mac Jones. Uh, they don't have a tight end on their on Alabama's roster that's comparable to Kyle Pitts. And they have better receivers, but our receivers are still great. It's still top tier. So we from, we about to put four, uh, Florida's about to put up at least forty on A and M in Texas. So you know I got Florida. Yeah, I agree. Florida just simply has too much offense and. At this point, very, very early, uh, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts are probably Heisman candidates. Absolutely. <clears throat> as it stands right now. Uh, next up, probably an easy pick, Mizzou, LSU. LSU. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Mizzou is Mizzou. They've had what maybe one or two good years in the SEC. Other than that, they've been pretty mediocre. Uh, so, you know. Got to go with LSU. They bounced back last week. I look, I look for them to keep, you know, keep rolling at least for this week. Yeah, I go LSU. Uh, I saw Mizzou's had a tough going so far. This is their third top twenty-five team they're facing already. But on top of that, they're rebuilding. They got a brand new coach, and they got quarterback issues too. Even though last week. Was Connor, I think Blaze Lack is how you say his last name. He was the better option, but uh, they've been pretty much playing two guys. But like you said, LSU bounced back last week. Of course, you have to take it with a grain of salt. It was against Vandy. Uh, but Miles Brennan, I thought he showed more poise. He looked more consistent. Uh, but it's just a matter of seeing that against better teams now. So up next, we got South Carolina and Vandy. Who you got? South Carolina. Uh, Vandy's been the doormat of the SEC for as long as I can remember. I think I even said that last week. But they're just not a they're just not a good football team. They're just not a good football program. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. South Carolina played a tough game last week against Florida, uh, but they were able to run the football. Uh, they were able to throw it around a little bit. So I think they'll be able to, to easily beat Vanderbilt. No doubt. Uh, I got South Carolina too. They've actually won eleven straight against Vandy. Uh, like you said, Vandy's basically everybody in the SEC's punching bag. Uh, for South game. Carolina, <laughs> for South Carolina, they got a receiver named Shai Smith. Uh, uh, I'm a fan of his game. Uh, but for South Carolina, they haven't been able to close games yet this season uh, against UT or Florida. So if Vandy can keep it close, that's something to keep an eye on. So I got. Or next we got Arkansas and Auburn. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with Auburn uh, because they're at home. Uh, like you said, they struggled mightily last week, but that was against Georgia, who you know, is uh, usually one of the best teams in the SEC. Uh, so I got to go Auburn. I think they'll bounce back at home. Uh, Bo Nix and <clears> Seth Williams <throat> to get back on track. 
I think they'll be able to get the run game going. Uh, now, Arkansas isn't a cupcake, though, so they got to bring their A game because Arkansas will surprise you like we saw last week. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, I got Auburn, too. They actually beat Arkansas last year 51-0. Man, that's ugly. Uh, but I do expect Auburn to be furious. They want to bounce back this week. But like you said, Arkansas, they're turning the uh, tables. They're no longer a punching bag like Vandy. You saw they competed with Georgia for a half, actually led them at halftime, beat Mississippi State. They forced their area offense in the four turnovers. Uh, and with quarterbacks, I'm ultimately taking Bo Nix over Felipe Frank, so I'm taking Auburn. Uh, but next we got Alabama and Ole Miss. Alabama. I couldn't I, – I don't know. I, I, I don't want to put a number, you know, in terms of, like, you know, score on this game uh, because, like I said, Mississippi State can surprise you. Uh, but Alabama, I think they're just too good on both sides of the ball. You know, I think, you know, K.J. Costello will get his passing yards. I'm sure he'll have 300 at least. Uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't. But ultimately, you know, they got too much firepower. I, I think Alabama gets it done. Yeah, like you said, Alabama is just too talented for Ole Miss. Uh, they are rivals, so I do think Ole Miss is probably going to put up points. It's probably going to be a game like 55 to 27 or something ugly like that. And excuse uh, me, but I said, I said, I said KJ Costello. I did not mean KJ Costello. I, that's not what I mean. Oh, yeah, it's all Miss. When you say Mississippi, I just automatically thought Mississippi State for some reason. Uh, but no. Nah. Did, did I say Mississippi? I, I don't even – you know what? I don't even know. I, I, I was looking at the screen. But, nah, I mean, all Miss, you know, all Miss do, does have two talented quarterbacks. Uh, their lead guy uh, has been balling out this year. So, pretty much same concept. They put up points with the defense struggle. So, I was going to say the same. I probably would say right, the same. Right. But, had to correct myself there. Oh, yeah. Also, another thing, Kiffin is a former Saban assistant, and Saban's 20-0 and 0 against his assistant. Exactly. But ne next up, now we got Mississippi State and Kentucky in the last SEC game. Who you got? Uh, I got Mississippi State. Uh, Kentucky lost last week. Uh, you know, they lost the first week. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to go to 0-3. I think, you know, Mississippi State will bounce back. Um, like I said, Costello, uh, he's going to get the attempts. So, he'll have, you know, at least 300 pass yards. I think they can get it done. Yeah, I got Mississippi State, too. Uh, like I brought up earlier, Kentucky's had two bad second halves uh, against both Ole Miss and Auburn. Uh, Arkansas did give Mississippi State fits when they dropped back in eight-man zone. So, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, and Mike Leach was actually an assistant coach at Kentucky back in 97, 98 when they had Tim Couch. Uh, but I got Mississippi State. All right. Well, that'll do it for SEC football. So now NFL, our top three takeaways from week four, what you got? All right. So my first one, uh, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. And you know how I felt on Sunday. That my my first takeaway is that's easily the worst. How game. you feel every Sunday? <laughs> that's, easy, that's easily the worst game I've ever seen the Dallas Cowboys play. Uh, they they gave up forty nine points to Cleveland. Uh, 
which you know, Cleveland, Cleveland. If you look at Cleveland's offensive personnel, uh, they have a you know a very solid offensive line. They should play like that every week. <laughs> yeah, they they have a, a you know a very solid offensive line. They got two great running backs, uh, two number one receivers. You got Austin Hooper and David Njoku is their second tight end. They got a solid fullback, and I if you want to look at you know their offense, I would say Baker Mayfield is the weak link. Uh, but oh yeah, by far. <laughs> but even even you know even the Cowboys find a way to make him look good. You know, they look soft. I mean, let's call it what it is. Even Demarcus Lawrence, you know, in the interview said they look soft. That's exactly what it was. Gave up three hundred and seven rushing yards. Keep in mind, Nick Chubb got hurt in the first half. <laughs> Cleveland's leading OBJ rusher got by fifty. Exact. Cleveland's leading rusher was Dearness Johnson. Now. I'm familiar with Cleveland's roster. You know, I watched the Building the Brown series on YouTube, so I'm familiar with who he is. But for most fans, nobody, nobody's probably ever heard De'Ernest Johnson. But he led them on. No idea. Kareem Hunt was battling a groin injury, so he wasn't on the field all the time. And they still gave up 300 rushing yards. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, Gave up (laughs) over 500 total yards. But you know, you know, I was, you know, immediately after the game, I was thinking, you know, that's not Dak's fault. Uh, but he can't be absolved of blame. Uh, he put up some good numbers, but I'm going to take you back to when the score was tied, 14-14. In five straight drives, when it was 14-14, Dak Prescott went 8 of 15 passing for 53 yards, and he had, he fumbled. So, you know, during the crucial part of that game, he went cold. Uh, and I think, you know, you look, when you look at the end of the game, if you just watch the box score, look at the end of the game, you'll be like, oh, he had a solid game. You know, garbage time. He always puts up a big number and garbage, trying to bring us back, which I, I value his effort. But, you know, it's not – you know, he makes mistakes during the game too. He has cold stretches during the game. And then yeah. you know, he gets he gets hot, you know, when it's desperation time. And we, we need to be – if we go – he need to play like desperate all the time, not just when we down 20 points. So, like I said, that's easily the worst game I've ever seen the Cowboys play. They're giving up 173 rushing yards a game this year, uh, 258 passing, which is ridiculous. Uh, they, they look simply, they look terrible. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They look garbage. And I'm ashamed to be a fan right now. Mm-mm-mm. One and three. And people said y'all was Super Bowl contender. <laughs> All right. But from my, from my second takeaway here, you know, on last week I talked about Carson Wentz possibly getting benched. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I overreacted. Uh, I think like a lot of people did. Well, Philly got the win 25 to 20 at San Francisco. I'm not afraid to make my mistakes. I overreacted. That was a grind. That was a that was a grinded out type game. And this, I mean, that's what Philly was able to do. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't Carson Wentz didn't look great. He was 18 to 28 for 193 yards. Uh, threw another interception. Only had two total touchdowns. Well, they only had 267 total yards. So that by that's not great offensive output by any means, but. I mean, he did what he no. had to do. But if you want to look at his receiving weapons, uh, Travis Fulgham uh, was his leading receiver. He's a practice squad player. Uh, so, that goes to show, you know. We don't bring up that name. <laughs> I'm just saying. That goes to show what he's working with. I mean, he has Zach Ertz, but, you know, he hasn't been really playing he well. He scored the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders, who's a talented running back, he only had 46 rush yards. So, you know, the guys, the stars that were playing with him didn't really show up too much. So, I mean, Carson Wentz did what he had to do. He got the win, and they were in first place. So, We don't talk about that. 
Look, and I'm going to tell you now, Carson Wentz do still deserve to be benched because three of our top four corners was out Sunday. And our fourth, which is K1 Williams, which is really our second best corner, got injured Sunday too. And I, one of our starting safeties, Jimmy Ward, has been terrible this year. I just want to put that out there. We should have definitely made that trade for Jamal Adams because Jimmy Ward has been horrible. So, yes, Carson Wentz should still be benched. <laughs> nah, Jalen Hurts got in the game one play and fumbled immediately. He's done it a couple and, times. And we lost Ziggy Answer. We have no pass rush. Right, well, it is what think about their offensive line. They lost like four offensive line starters. Lane Johnson just came back and got hurt in that game. Jason Peters is already out. They lost their left tackle before Jason Peters and their right guard. Was, oh, yeah. The right guard was already out for the season. So they only really got one original starter. So, I mean, y'all got injuries. They got injuries. So, you know, but I think I overreacted with Carson Wentz for sure. And my third and final takeaway is Josh Allen should definitely be getting more MVP praise. Uh, you're hearing about Russell Wilson. You're hearing about Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, Josh Allen has been just as good, if not better, than both of those guys. Uh, the Bills are 4-0. On the season, he has 1,326 passing yards. He's completed 70% of his passes, 12 touchdowns to only one interception, and he has three rushing touchdowns. Uh, we both know he's a dual threat. He's a big physical guy. He can sling it down the field. He hasn't always been – He's you, typically he's been very inaccurate his first three seasons. But he's he seems to have cleaned it up, you know, a lot. You know, they added Stephon Stephon Diggs in the offseason. And he's currently leading the league in receiving yards thanks to, you know, his skill, of course. But Josh Allen, you know, he's taking that leap that you expect most quarterbacks to take. I think it's, it's about that time he's made that leap. And we'll see if he can sustain, sustain it the last 12 games of the year. Uh, but he's been balling out. You know, he's third in QER with an 87. Uh, average is 50. So he's been well above average, you know. He's been great this year. So, you know, he should definitely be getting some more MVP praise. No doubt. Which I told you last week, he he should be MVP, which I think right now I would put um, – I say third. I say right now I got – well, I'm going to tell you in a minute, actually. But let me get into my three takeaways. So first time I go, the Texans finally pulled the plug on Bill O'Brien. Of course, if you have been paying attention, the Texans are 0 and 4 so far this year. This man has managed to take these guys from a playoff contender to competing for the number one pick, or basically contending for a Super Bowl to contending for number one pick. Um, I think that's awful. He should have been gone at least a year ago. Uh, but I'm happy Deshaun Watson is free now. Uh, and I also saw before we got on that J.J. Watt got into a heated debate with Bill O'Brien. So I'm pretty sure that also had a lot to do with it also. But just a lot was happening in Houston, man. So happy they getting the first start. <clears throat> Excuse me. Voice leaving. OBJ is back. I'm a huge OBJ fan, if you didn't know. He had his first game with multiple touchdowns since he was with the Giants. Um, I think they finally made a concerted effort to get him the ball. They realized Baker couldn't do it, so they had to be more creative. We saw Jarvis throw him a pass. Uh, we saw him run one in. Uh, so 
I mean, he's just a playmaker is what he is. You just have to find ways to give him the ball. So I applaud them for doing that Sunday. So hopefully it happens every week. Uh, and then last, going back to MVP, one person we haven't showed love to yet this season, old A-Rod has been balling. I got Aaron Rodgers first place in MVP voting right now. If if I had to, if I had anything uh, over Russell Wilson and over Josh Allen, uh, I think I would have Russ in second and Josh Allen third. But so far, Aaron Rodgers uh, one that or twelve hundred fourteen passing yards for fifth, thirteen passing touchdowns to only zero interceptions. And the touchdowns are good for second. Of course, the interceptions are first. And he also has the highest QBR in the league at 92.8. And, I mean, he's been doing that with guys at receiver getting injured. And he's been doing that. In case you forgot, the Packers just used the first-round pick on another quarterback. So, A-Rod has shown, like, he's playing no games. Uh, what's his name? Jordan Love. He's just gonna be a clipboard Jesus, or until he gets traded, that's gonna be his best bet at starting. Uh, but I definitely shout out to Michael, my friend. Of course, you know he's a huge Packers fan. Uh, but I got to give Aaron Rodgers his props. He's been balling this year. Uh, but those are my three takeaways from this past week. So, real quick, we're gonna jump through these week three predictions for the NFL. Uh, so first, we got Tampa Bay, Chicago on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I got Tampa. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, they were down a little bit last week, but he came back, brought them back, uh, doing GOAT things. I think their offense is a little too much. But I think, you know, Tampa's defense is extremely underrated, and I think the Bears offensively are very challenged. So, Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, I got Tampa Bay, too. Uh, Brady's turning back the clock. We, he's had some vintage Tom Brady performances the past two weeks. Uh, Tampa Bay's run defense against Chicago's struggling running game uh, will probably be the biggest key to the game. Uh, and then if you haven't forgotten, Chuck Pagano, who's the defensive coordinator for Chicago, and Bruce Arians, the head coach for Tampa Bay, you know, they're basically like brothers off the field because Chuck Pagano and Bruce Arians were in Indianapolis the year Pagano battled leukemia, and Arians was nine and three, and they got him hired in Arizona. Uh, so they've been close ever since then. Or really, they worked together in Cleveland too. So really, since then. Uh, but like I said, I got Tampa Bay. Uh, next, Buffalo, Tennessee. If the game is going to be played, I got Buffalo. Uh, the game is in serious jeopardy. Uh, because of the Titans' negligence uh, in terms of COVID protocol. So, if they do play, well, I got Buffalo. Tennessee won't have much time to prepare. They have to have at least two straight days of negative tests to even be considered to go back into the facility. So, I got Buffalo. I got Buffalo, too. Uh, man, the Titans can't do nothing right. As soon as they have some on-field success, they can't even follow protocols to even try to have a game. Uh, you know, like I told you earlier, a group of Titans players, when they weren't supposed to, they met up and worked out at Montgomery Bell Academy High School in Nashville. 
and of course the league found out Mike Verbal said he told them not to meet up and they still did it anyway. Uh, so like we said too, they should be facing some severe punishment. But like we said, we both got Buffalo. Uh, so next up, Miami, San Francisco. Well, I got San Francisco. Uh, y'all could have won that game last week. Uh, but, you know, Carson Wentz happened. No, I don't think Ron – unless Ron Fitzpatrick has one of those games where he can't be stopped, I got San Francisco. And Jimmy G and, uh, and Raheem most of the practicing again. So, I, I got San Francisco. I got San Francisco too. Uh, just my luck, Miami's going to put in Tua and he's going to go off. <laughs> just watch. But, uh, of course, San Francisco, we love to run the ball. That's who we are, what we do. Miami's run defense is horrendous. Uh, but don't sleep on the Dolphins. They have played good teams pretty close this year, uh, especially Buffalo and Seattle. Uh, so definitely, like I said, don't sleep on them. But next up, Carolina and Atlanta. At Carolina, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are – the Falcons DBs are going to be barbecue chicken next week. AJ Terrell went down with an injury. Demonte KZ went down with an injury. I think Ricardo Allen and you know Keanu Neal were already out, so I don't even know who they have at DB besides those guys. Uh, so I think it's going to be barbecue chicken. Uh, Teddy B can throw the ball around a little bit. He does have some great playmakers, especially wide receivers. So I got Carolina. Yeah, I got Carolina, too. I mean, Atlanta's just really a mess right now. Um, Dan Quinn, I don't know what. He's still not fired yet. I don't know why, what what they're waiting on, what he's holding over their head, but he should have been gone a long time ago. Uh, but maybe this will do it, losing to Carolina Sunday. Uh, but next up, we got Oakland and Kansas City. KC. Uh, Oakland is two and two now. They don't have the defensive backs to keep up with KC's receivers. Uh, KC's been able to run the ball too, uh, and their defense has you know their defense has looked good. They've taken the ball away, been able to take the ball away some, uh, apply some pressure to the quarterback. I'm, I'm thinking Chris Jones should be back next week, uh, this Sunday, not next week, this Sunday. I mean, so if Chris Jones is back, you know, I, I think I got KC. Yep. Me too. Kansas City's easily the best team in all of football right now. Uh, they're well balanced on offense like they haven't been in years past. Uh, Clive Edwards Hilaire brings that running element to their offense now. Uh, and Oakland's defense is bad. They're giving up about 30 points a game. So if you got a bad defense and you're facing Pat Mahomes, that's not a good formula. Uh, so next up, Arizona and the Jets. Who you got? Yeah. Arizona, the Jets are the Jets are terrible, and Sam Donald isn't playing this week. He's he's nursing a shoulder injury. Uh, Joe Flacco is going to be playing, so I definitely got Arizona. They may they may twenty piece <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I got the Jets too. Uh, I believe Arizona lost last week, so they'll be looking to bounce back. The Jets are crumbling, man, and Sam Donald going down with the injury was just icing on the cake. Joe Flacco, I forgot he was even still in the league, but like you said, he's starting Sunday. Uh, so, but like, it should easily be Arizona. 
Philly and Pittsburgh, who you got? Pittsburgh. I, I kind of feel sorry for Carson Wentz. Uh, the Pittsburgh defense, they get after the quarterback. They hit. And with the receivers they have, it's, I think I think the Pittsburgh defense is going to have a field day. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh, too. Like you said, Pittsburgh can get after the quarterback. Philly just has too many injuries on the O-line and their receiver. Uh, so Carson Wentz is probably going to get probably going to get beat up pretty bad Sunday. Uh, next, we got the Rams and the Washington football team. I have, the, I have the Rams easily. Uh, Washington is not a great football team. The offensive line hasn't played well this year. You know, outside of Terry McLaurin, they really don't have any consistent, reliable options. And they benched Dwayne Haskins this morning. So Kyle Allen, uh, has, you know, he's proven what he is. He is a backup. You don't want him starting for any significant time. Uh, and i be quite honest with you, I hope they lose for benching no Dwayne Haskins. You don't really give him much to work with, and the offensive line is terrible. But yet you're expecting him to win. Uh, so I hope the Rams beat the brakes off of Washington. Yep, I got the Rams too. Uh, like I said, they, they benched Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen isn't very good. I saw that firsthand against San Francisco and we 50-piece Carolina. Um, and L.A., even though they don't have Ty Gurley anymore, they run the ball really effectively. Uh, so they should easily get the victory Sunday. Next up, we got Cincinnati and Baltimore. I got Baltimore. I don't think it'll be, you know, I don't think it'll be the game like it was last year, uh, but I got Baltimore. Uh, you know, they've improved. Cincinnati has improved. Joe Burrow, first rookie with three three straight 300-yard games to start his career. Uh, but I think, you know, the MVP, they do have, Baltimore does have the MVP. And, you know, they got the defense, you know, they got the, you know, they can run the ball. Uh, Lamar can sling it around a little bit. So I, I got Baltimore. Yep, I got Baltimore too. Like you said, they got the MVP all around better team. Uh, Baltimore, they've benefited. They've had a pretty easy schedule so far. Uh, I guess outside of Kansas City, winning against Cleveland, Houston, and Washington. Uh, and on the flip side, Joe Burrow, like you said, he's been playing really well, man. Uh, and you just a guy like Joe Burrow, you can't root against him. He's real likable as a quarterback. Uh, so I definitely wish him all the best in Cincinnati. But next, we got Jacksonville and Houston. I got Houston. They fired Bill O'Brien. I think they should come out and play inspired football. Yep. I actually said the same exact thing. I got Houston, too. They get their first win, get that goose egg off the board. Um, and they, they've they had a tough go so far themselves uh, with Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. And Minnesota hasn't been as good, but they're still a tough out, too. Uh, so definitely, definitely has been rough for them. So Indy and Cleveland, Nick. That's a tough one. I'm going to go – I'm a, I think this is the toughest one of the week. This is yeah. the toughest. I'm going to go Indy uh, because of quarterback play. I think Phillip Rivers is far and away better than Baker Mayfield, and uh, Indianapolis has the best defense in the league so far statistically this season. Mm-hmm. And I think without Nick Chubb, uh, they may they may struggle to run the ball without Nick Chubb. We don't know what Kareem Hunt's status is going into this game. He's you know He was already dealing with a growing injury last week. Uh, you know, they're not going to run the ball for 307 yards on Indianapolis. It's not going to happen. 
uh, Indianapolis, you know, they got some ballers on defense, so that's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. I got I got Indianapolis. I think quarterback play and defense is, is going to overrule this game. Yep, I picked Indianapolis too. Uh, that DeForest Buckner effect taking over, but they they play real well so far this year. Uh, you know, we're about to see the real and the fake because, like you said, Nick Chubb's injured for Cleveland, and with them being three and one, all of their success this year has been predicated off the offense being able to control the clock and give the ball to Nick Chubb and run the clock and run the ball. Uh, but he's out six weeks now with the MCL injury because if you didn't see last week, he was pass blocking and a lineman got pushed and rolled into the back of his leg. Uh, but it was real ugly, but definitely unfortunate for him. Hope he gets well. But like you said, I got Indy too. But – Next, we got Dallas and the Giants. <laughs> I got, I got Dallas. Uh, they usually, they usually handle New York. Usually, can beat New York. I might not even watch the game to be completely honest with you. But <laughs> I got Dallas. They better bounce back. If not, it's all, all hills gonna break loose if they don't win. If they don't beat New York. Yeah, man, I got Dallas too. Man, Dallas better not lose this game, or y'all ain't gonna hear the y'all really shouldn't hear the end of Sunday's game. But y'all really not gonna hear the end of this because the lose, Giants not are be y'all. horrible. If they lose, it will no longer be y'all. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Somebody getting benched to fire. I know that. Need to be the defensive if coordinator. Start, if Dallas started out one and four. <laughs> That's going to get ugly. Uh, But looking at it, too, look at the McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers comparison with them not being together anymore. Aaron Rodgers is 17-3 and without Mike McCarthy. And right now, Mike McCarthy sits at 1-3. and So, there you have that. So, next we got Denver and New England. Who you got? Well, Stephon Gilmore tested positive for COVID this morning. So their game yeah. could quite their game could quite possibly be in jeopardy. Uh but I had I would have I had New if they do play I have New England. Yep, I got New England too. Uh like you said, Stephon Gilmore tested positive. Uh don't know if Cam will play Sunday. I guess probably not. Uh but New England still likes to run the ball. Uh Denver's gonna have a backup quarterback, so expect New England's defense to be all over that. Uh, so definitely New England. So next we got Sunday night football, Minnesota and Seattle. Who you got? I got Seattle. Uh, Russ is gonna continue cooking like he's been doing all season long. The man has looked. He's played like a man possessed, and I, I can I think he'll continue uh, to play like that tonight on uh, Sunday night. I pick Minnesota. Uh, I think. Of course, Seattle's 4-0, so they got to lose at some point. I think this will be the week. Uh, No Jamal Adams, so expect Minnesota to try to run the ball, run the clock, keep rusting that high offense off the field. Uh, But that's going to be the biggest key. So last but not least, Monday Night Football, interesting matchup between the Chargers and the Saints. Who you got? I got the Saints uh, simply because they're at home. That's the only reason I got them. Yeah, I I said 
Saints, but for a different reason. I feel personally Drew Brees needs this W right now. The Saints sit at two and two, not great. But looking at Tampa and Brady, what they're doing, they're three and one. And looking at uh, New Orleans right now, they haven't proven anything. Uh, they're, they're L's this season against Oakland and Green Bay, uh, especially that Oakland loss. That's a pretty big smudge on their resume. Uh, and one of their wins was against Detroit. So, I mean, what does that really tell us? Uh, I think with the Chargers, too. They lost Austin Eckler for a couple of weeks, so that's gonna yeah. be significant. It's gonna be significant in the run game, you know. You know, Justin Herbert having a reliable target out of the backfield to throw to uh, in, on crucial downs. I mean, they still have Keenan Allen, still have Mike Williams, they still have Hunter Henry. Uh, the defense is still the defense. Uh, so you know, if the Chargers were able to pull this game out, I wouldn't really be surprised. But I'm gonna go with New Orleans. Yeah, they played real well against Tampa last week. Uh, Justin Herbert held his own against Brady in that shootout, which the Buccaneers actually came from behind. So if it wasn't for the defense, the Chargers probably would have pulled it out. But it's definitely some interesting matchups in the NFL this week. But, you know, that'll that'll do it for our predictions. Uh, before we go, did you want to touch on the NBA Finals real quick? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, good, great win by L.A. last night. I actually didn't expect them to win last night. I, I thought Miami was going to fight and tie the, tie the series up. I wanted it oh, to go nah. six. I wanted it to go six or seven just for in, pure entertainment value. Uh, but I think L.A. pulls it out to, tomorrow night and gets the dub. Yeah, if, if Miami had won that game last night, I would have been highly concerned as a, as a LeBron and AD fan. But definitely a big win by the Lakers. AD and Caldwell Pope, they played real well down the stretch last night. Uh, they came up huge for the Lakers. But they've already committed to play, to wearing the Mamba jerseys for game five. So I think we can pretty much book the trophy presentation for Friday night and go ahead and give LeBron his fourth ring and AD his first. We'll see. As a, as a true Laker fan, I hope so. No, last time, you know, the Lakers run – last time the Lakers played in Orlando in the NBA Finals, they got it done in five. So, in tribute for Kobe, I hope they get it done. And like you said, it would be nice to go to six. But, man, this Heat team, this ain't no team you want to just mess around and play – let linger around with. Because no, they already got enough confidence as it is. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't want to get them no no – no, no, no light. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatsoever. But as, was that all you have for this episode, man? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, get out and vote. I do want to say that. If you haven't voted, yeah. please, please vote this year. I understand that, you know, we don't have the best candidates. We didn't have the best candidates last year, but please get out and vote. I do not want to see that orange guy in office for another four years. Mm-hmm, that's all right. Uh, early voting October 14th, president or regular voting presidential election November 3rd. So definitely put it on your calendar. Uh, but hey, that's all we got for you guys today. As always, we appreciate you for tuning in, supporting us, rocking with us. Uh, we hope we, we provide great quality sports info for you. Uh, as always, you can subscribe, follow, like. 
retweet anything, support whatever way that comes in. Uh, and as always, I'm the one and only Quentin Douglas. And I'm Jimmy Covington. Thank y'all. All right. That'll do All it. Right. Peace. All right. We out. Thank y'all.